back to Sports View. I'm Andrew Rogers, joined by the vo radio voice of the Thundering Herd Sports Network, Steve Cotton. Steve, obviously this is a sports broadcasting business where a lot of people would like to move up sometimes when you get a job. Uh, you can always look for another one, but you're in your 25th year now uh, as the radio voice. So what, ter what determined for you that Marshall would be your final stop? Maybe, well, maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. Is it not? Maybe not. Be our final well, spot. Well, I believe but, at this point it yeah. probably is. Uh, I'm getting kind of old for um, a whole lot of schools to be wanting to to hire the old guy. But uh, <laughs> that wasn't in my head necessarily at the start. In fact, when I first came to Marshall in 1993, as a graduate student, I was figuring I'd be in Huntington, West Virginia, for a year, maybe 18 months, and then mm -hmm. uh, you know find my next stop. And uh, talked earlier about how Stan Cotton encouraged me to stick around. And even after I finished degree, the degree, it was uh, more than a year before Stan got the job at Wake Forest University. And again, he kept encouraging me, don't, uh, don't give up on that dream. It's, it's just that close. And so that part worked out. I got the job. Now, Marshall had been fortunate in its radio broadcast history. There were some really talented, very good play-by-play -play announcers. 1987, one year, Bill Roth, who went on from there to Virginia Tech and is in the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame and now uh, kind of is a professor in the sports media program at Virginia Tech, but calls games on ESPN and different platforms. After he left, you had uh, Wes Durham come through for a year, the son of Woody Durham, one of the all-time legendary sports broadcasters at the University of North Carolina. But Wes has become a legend himself does the Atlanta Falcons now and a lot of uh, ACC network sports. And then you had Stan, who was here for four years. Really talented guys, and I was nervous if I could fill those shoes. There were high expectations. Marshall had done really good radio. Mm -hmm. And fortunately for me, one of the lucky breaks is that uh, my first game as Marshall's play-by-play -play announcer was also Randy Moss's first game as a Marshall football player. So that first year, 15-0, Marshall dominates the 1AA level, wins the national championship, and I spent all fall saying touchdown hurt over and over and over again. And so that is a big part of the way the listening audience is going to enjoy your broadcast if they're having fun. And so they were all loving it. They thought the guy who says touchdown heard many times every game must be doing a good job because they're enjoying what he hears. So, and the Marshall football team went 50 and four my first four years. So there were a whole lot of great days, not very many bad days. And I think that helped the Marshall listeners feel comfortable with me right away, made me feel at home very quickly. And at that point, uh, again, I don't know at what juncture I stopped thinking about other jobs, but fairly early on, I knew I had it pretty good, that this was a good spot. The grass is not always greener, especially than the uh, Kelly Green folks. And so mm -hmm. I was going to be pretty picky. And honestly, I have... I've applied for a couple of jobs, not for many years at this point. A couple of other opportunities have come looking for me, but I've never advanced far enough on either direction there that I did an official interview for another job. So at some point along the way, I don't know, 10 years, 15 years in to what is now you know, 25 years as the voice of Marshall Sports, I really uh, 
stopped thinking about that and said, you know, if, if this is my one and only spot, that's pretty cool too. Yeah. Let's talk about some of your milestones. Obviously, even this past weekend, you get inducted into the West Virginia Broadcasting Hall of Fame, uh, 14-time Sportscaster of the Year here in West Virginia. Uh, over 1,000 broadcasts, you surpassed that last year. So what does all that kind of say for you, and how do you kind of take all that in now that you're in the uh, West Virginia Broadcasting Hall of Fame as well? That is gratifying. I, you know, It's kind of cool when people say they think that you've done a pretty good job. But again, I look at it as... I've been lucky to be at Marshall University, which has a fan base that cares about sports. They are interested, they are involved, and I get to uh, be a part of that. And even though uh, we talked about the way that the uh, way we consume media is very different, it is still uh, a, a medium that's important to sports fans. And in fact, a story I'll tell here is one that I uh, told during the West Virginia Broadcasting Hall of Fame induction ceremony. That really was driven home to me about 10 or 12 years ago now. We were at a Marshall Athletics fundraising event. The Big Green does its coaches tour every summer. And after the event, we were packed up. All the coaches and administrators had uh, given their speeches. We were ready to hit the road and head back to Huntington. And a man came walking up to me and you could tell that uh, he'd had kind of a tough life. He uh, had a real slow shuffle of a walk. In fact, every time he took a step, you kind of worried that he might lose his balance. You could tell he was having to focus just mm -hmm. to walk. And he had a football and a Sharpie. And uh, not that I get asked to sign autographs every day, but it, it happens every once in a while, and especially at events like that. Mm -hmm. And he said, Mr. Cotton, would you please sign my football for me? And I said, well, of course I would. Well, I took it. Well, then I looked down at the ball, and it had three autographs on it already. You had Bob Pruitt, Chad Pennington, and Randy Moss. That's good company. And well, and I, but I said, uh, sir, let's see if we can. I, we've got other things here for me to sign. Said the way these things work is that this is a valuable football. You've got legends, Hall of Famers mm -hmm. here. And the minute I sign my name on that, the value drops to all the collectors. And uh, so let's go ahead and find something else. And he just uh, looked at me. And he said, I am not going to bore you with all the details, but I've had a tough time of things the last few years. And I don't get out of the house much. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting there, and I look at this football, and it reminds me of the greatest times of my life. I loved going to those games in Huntington. My friends and I traveled to the bowl games and the other big games, and those are my very happiest memories. And when I think about those big games and those big plays, I hear you narrating it all in my head. And I am not ever going to sell this football. I don't care what the collectors say the value is. Mm -hmm. And then he said, and it is late, and I am tired, and would you please just sign my blankety-blank football? And so I went ahead and I wrecked the value of, of, of his football. <laughs> And the thing is, that is not a story about me. I'm a bit part there in the story of radio and how that man connected with Marshall and with the uh, Thundering Herd teams through that radio the same way that, you know, now 50 years ago, I was connecting with my best buddy, Ernie, whom I had never met by listening to the Detroit Tigers. I want to transition here from the final few minutes that we have here with you on Sports View to some of the things you like to do when not calling games. Obviously, I know 
you're big into wood carving. That's something that you found a passion for, but also uh, into the martial record books and kind of finding more things about the numbers there. So what role have you played uh, in that aspect? Yeah, I am employed by the athletic department, and uh, I work in sort of the media relations and external area of the department. And one of the things that had been frustrating is uh, that over the years, Marshall, for whatever reasons, and there are several of them, mostly not having a very big staff, Marshall didn't have a very good record book. And so those first years when I was doing the play-by-play with Randy Moss and then Chad Pennington and Byron Leftwich, it was always a little bit frustrating to say, ooh, that might be an all-time record, but we don't really know. Yeah. And then I was really sparked again when we hit the uh, Rakeem Cato and Tommy Schuler era. And I said, this cannot go on. I'm the one guy who uh, is interested, number one, has a time of year when I'm not especially busy with broadcasting and that kind of thing from the end of basketball season until you get to fall camp for football. And I had the support then of uh, Marshall Athletic Director Mike Hamrick, who as a Marshall alum and a longtime athletic director, realized how important those kinds of things were. So he said, yes, I want you to dedicate your time in, uh, when, when you have time, and it's going to take years, to building up the record book. So I worked backwards through Marshall's history and game by game put together uh, what is now a, a record book that is well over 200 pages long, eight and a half by 11 pages. When I started, it was a few pages, maybe uh, 15 or 20 pages in the media guide. So now we have a separate record book, and there's much more to do there. So I'm into history in general. And I uh, like the research, and I, uh, so that, that's been something that's helpful. And frankly, long after I'm gone and nobody remembers who that guy was who did Marshall Radio during those years, that record book and that kind of research is going to be useful to Marshall Athletics 